Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000-plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome in to the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Thank you once again to Hunter Rogers for joining us for the Garnet Trust Hour. If you missed any of that conversation, I will have it up shortly on the 107.5 The Game podcasting page. Uh, we've been talking really all week long about the left tackle position in reference to Jalen Nichols being out for what's looking like right now at least half the season, maybe even more, and what South Carolina is doing as far as moving some guys around. We did get some news as far as the transfer portal goes. They have added an offensive tackle from the portal in Jackson Hughes out of UNC Charlotte. A little bit different than a normal portal edition as uh, he comes in as a walk-on. Yeah, and I uh, I do, when Chris gets back real quick, I want to do a Hunter Rogers synopsis at some point on that interview because I thought he gave us some interesting details. Jackson Hughes committing to South Carolina yesterday. And like you said, Tyler, not not your traditional you know, portal pickup. He is a PWO preferred walk-on. Um, but also not your typical preferred walk-on as well. This is someone that has two years of starting experience at Charlotte. And I, I kind of look at it as a no-risk, potentially high-reward pickup for South Carolina. He's 6'6", 295 pounds. I think there's some upside, some athleticism here. There's some experience here. He has two years of eligibility left, so he's going to have some time to continue to develop under Lonnie Teasley, the offensive line coach. And, you know, as a guy that I think when you look at what they have at offensive tackle right now and losing Nichols, 
Like, that was a position overall, not just speaking on tackle, but the O-line in general. I went into spring thinking they they had decent depth there, especially as they could continue to bring along some of their young guys. And now when you take out what was kind of what I was calling the top six, like you kind of had six guys fighting for five starting spots. When you take out Nichols, at least, you know, kind of for the foreseeable future, that changes that equation quite a bit because now you've gone from six to kind of five that you feel really good about. And after that, you're talking about just virtually no experience. And that's not a spot you want to be on the offensive line, certainly. And, you know, I I think it puts a little bit more pressure on Marky Anderson to come along. He played multiple spots in the spring, a little more pressure on Cason Henry, who, you know, played right tackle last year. I don't know if he's a left tackle or not. Maybe you get a look there, but he was out for the entirety of the spring as he rehabbed an injury. So it just changed the equation there. Something else to keep in mind here. Offensive tackles are just hard to find. And it's easy to say, hey, go, you know, go get a guy out of the portal. Go get an SEC left tackle out of the transfer portal. That's something you would say on paper. But in reality, um, there's just not many, if any, of these guys out there during this sort of portal uh, window, you would say. So I, I think a resourceful pickup for South Carolina. He was a guy that was coming off of an injury at the end of last year, which probably affected his uh, portal prospects as well. And, you know, you bring in someone as a preferred walk-on is obviously, um, you know, just kind of a, a resourceful move as far as adding someone to that room who has some experience. But also, Tyler, played defensive line and tight end in high school. So... There's some upside there in that he was already a starter for two years at Charlotte without really having that experience that a lot of guys grow up with playing, you know, the O-line their entire life. Yeah, and uh, he's no stranger to williams Bryce Stadium, was playing there last year as a member of that UNC Charlotte team. And again, coming in as a preferred walk-on, is he going to be the answer to replace Nichols at left tackle? Probably not. But again, you mentioned he has two years of eligibility left, somebody that you can bring in and develop, and who knows where he is by 2024 and how he could factor in on that offensive line. Yeah, I think you bring him in. He adds some depth. And, you know, because you look behind Jalen Nichols, it's probably, you would imagine, going to be Ja'Kai Moore. He's played quite a bit of left tackle in his career. Unfortunately, he had kind of found his home at left guard, and that's why he played the end of last season. And really when the O-line kind of got going, that was that was the way they structured it, was Nichols at left tackle, Ja'Kai at left guard. So your best probably option is to slide Ja'Kai Moore out. But again, once you start looking at what a depth chart might look like, you're sitting there saying, okay, Sidney Fugar basically played backup left tackle for most of, if not all of spring practice. Certainly that's who was there when we were out there. You look at the spring game when you know you were split into two units on the O-line, so you're having to find 10 players to take up those five spots for each team. And you, know, you had Fugar out there, and then it was Marquis Anderson who was basically filling in after Jalen Nichols. You go to the right side. Tyshawn Wanamaker is probably your starting right tackle. Again, Cason Henry played a little bit last year, man, but missed the entirety of the spring. So I think this is just a matter of going out, finding a little bit more depth, 
gives you a little bit more, and I, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but it, it almost gives you that kind of uh, breaking, you know, break glass in case of emergency option where, okay, if, if just injuries started to pile up, here is someone who has played at the college level, um, takes a little pressure. You know, Fugar has played at the college level, obviously, but not at the SEC level. And um, it, it just gives you another option. And I, I think, again, I, I keep using the word resourceful, but you have to be resourceful in this league. You have to be resourceful at South Carolina. And that's what I think of with this pickup. And then, again, coming off a little bit of an injury, so I think that maybe affected his scholarship options as well. So if you can get a guy without using that scholarship, he obviously wanted to be here, is from North Carolina, opportunity for Hughes to play in the SEC, play the Power 5 level. It, it sounds like a win-win for everyone involved, I think. And like you said, it's not exactly easy to just jump into the transfer portal and find an SEC caliber left tackle. They're not a dime a dozen like you might find it some of the other skill positions. Now, could there be an option out there that they could get? Certainly. Um, but that, you know, certainly remains to be seen. Like you said, this just, if nothing else, adds more depth and, uh, you know, see where he comes along in his development over the course of two years. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the portal and what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing out there as well from, like, seeing the portal from a national standpoint. And those guys just really aren't available. Now, is there a chance that a grad transfer star tackle for some reason enters the portal, you know, during the summer? You never rule anything out, but if so, they're going to have 50 offers within two hours of, of entering the portal. And so you, you see it everywhere in college football, true tackle types. This is why you see so many schools having to play sort of guard types out there at tackle. And, and I think, again, speaks right back to how important and amazing it was for Carolina to get guys like Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson out of the high school ranks in this 2024 class. Now, obviously, they can't help you this year. You got a full year away for them to arrive. So I, I think as far as getting someone in that can add to the depth, that's big because it's it's almost like on a video game, yes, there's you just go into the portal and and – land you a tackle and you just plug him right in and the reality i don't see that and even even the guard types in the portal the guys that have any ability whatsoever are getting 40 50 <laughs> offers out of the portal right off the bat so the competition for anybody that can play on the o-line at all during the spring window because we're still we're still learning about the spring window right and how it's going to play out uh, I think there was a little bit more talent available during that first window. Spring window um, is difficult to find offensive linemen this time around. Right. We'll come back on the other side, loop back around to the Hunters-Rogers conversation. Uh, you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Over Hour. 107.5 The Game. If you were hungry, which I've very much am you can go to any of the 14 midlands firehouse subs locations larry chandler our good friend the owner operator of all of those franchises firehousesubs.com and you can get the sub of the day and today that's one that maybe you haven't had and if you haven't you should check it out spicy cajun chicken you can get that every thursday at firehouse subs for 7.99 for a medium 5.99 for a small and if you miss it today 
There's a sub of the day at Firehouse Subs every single day, Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Monday. You can get it at firehousesubs.com or you can download the Firehouse Subs app to earn yourself some points. And if you order on firehousesubs.com, you can use the Rapid Rescue so that you can order your sub of the day and they'll have it sitting there waiting for you when you get to one of the 14 participating locations and they all participate in the sub of the day in the Midlands. Again, that's Firehouse Subs, the sub of the day, spicy Cajun chicken. Get it at Firehouse Subs. Recapping more of the Hunter Rogers conversation on the other side here on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Uh, Wes wanted to loop back around to the Hunter Rogers conversation that we had on the Garnet Trust Hour because we got a, a lot of good insight from him on a, on a number of different things. So my biggest takeaway, and if y'all missed it, go back and listen or be on 107.5 podcast play uh, podcast page for Garnet Trust beyond uh, the Gamecock Central YouTube. How about Hunter letting it be known? I missed this. I don't know. Maybe this wasn't new. He called his own number yeah. in the bowl game. Saw that all eyes were going to Tonka. And obviously, we've seen them hit Tonka on trick plays a couple of different times. And so, it, it's kind of interesting to me, Chris, talking to him on and off air about the details maybe you notice as a player on the field that are impossible to see on TV, maybe even sometimes impossible to see from the sideline. Just the the details you get just kind of seeing uh, the way your opponents are carrying themselves pre-snap. Yeah, they, just from from what we've heard on air and even some off-air things, (laughs) they're... First of all, Hunter Rogers has a really bright football IQ and bright football mind. You can tell he just has a really good feel for the game. Um, he's pretty technical, and I think some of that's just from being naturally smart and you know a gifted athlete. Yes, but just having a really good football brain, and then of course, you know, with the emphasis that Shane Beamer and Pete Limbo put on special teams, Pete Limbo, of course super technical, makes it fun, makes it important. And so that obviously is going to help your players, you know, kind of think that way. But it it is very interesting just kind of hearing him talk about some of the things that you notice on the field. (laughs) Notre Dame worried about Tonka Hemingway on that fake, probably for good reason, Wes. I mean, he's, he's put that on tape. He's a super athletic guy. And we know how did how did uh, Pete Limbo describe it? I think he he calls it a library of trick plays. So that's one that they kind of had in the bag, so to speak. And uh, Hunter, to his credit, felt like it would be open, and it was. They've uh, they've had a bunch of them, Wes, where they seem to have somebody open. It's obviously well designed and well executed, but but Hunter saw something there during the game, and then caught the ball. Is, yeah. that's that's got to be the hardest catch you're going to make in your entire life if you're not a wide receiver. Now, Hunter was a wide receiver in high school, so he had that going for him. Actually, 
caught a bunch of passes his senior year, I think. But, you know, I think there's a reason he looked natural catching that football. But I got to imagine, Chris, for somebody with the background that Hunter has, and I'm talking about just his fanhood for South Carolina growing up, and we talked about it kind of dreaming of scoring a touchdown in a Garnet and Black uniform. And going out there, it probably, we should have asked him this, it probably felt like that ball was in the air for <laughs> for minutes. Yeah, I actually went back, I mean, at his urging, he said, go back and watch it. Now, the broadcast, they messed us up a little bit because they're replaying some play that just happened. Um, I think it was a ball into the end zone and incomplete. So they're in the middle of, like, replaying. We need the all-22 on this Yeah, one. we definitely need the all-22, but I can see what he's talking about. So Tonka Hemingway, they are, <laughs> Notre Dame is super worried about him. They have a defender in front of Tonka. They have a defender who's grabbing him. I mean, if it went to Tonka, that would have been P.I. But you remember he, uh, in the one game, the guy was hanging all over him, and he still just called it one-handed anyway. And then you've got another guy who's kind of bracketing Tonka who ends up having his back. He's about five yards away from Hunter, so he's just kind of running in the slot here wide open. You also have Mitch Jeter running down here. He's a pass option? He's a pass option on the outside. He's actually pretty well covered, but Hunter Rogers wide open. But yeah, that is a tough guy. That's not some. Even though Hunter has the receiver background, that's not something you do all the time. You're not sitting there going through receiver drills every day. Well, the the easier the catch is, the more mentally tough it is to make the play, I feel like. Yeah. Because you, th- you overthink it. Like, oh, oh yeah. I'm supposed to catch this ball. That's a difficult catch. You're just like, oh, go try to make a big play. Yep. And I say, here is, this isn't all 22, but they do, to uh, ESPN's credit here, they did have a better view of it. Yeah, they just got him on that one. They they completely confused Notre Dame's punt team because they've got Hunter Rogers and Mitch Jeter out here wide, and they just basically cross themselves up, and then the other guys are super worried about Tonka Hemingway in the middle. So great play, but no Hunter. I mean he he's he's kind of a fascinating guy because of his story, right? And we were talking to him off air a little bit before he came in. And football wasn't really on the radar. You know, this was a guy that was a baseball player, and he could have gone, as he said on the show last hour, he could have gone to some smaller schools to go play. And then his head coach at Spring Valley, Robin Bacon, great guy, Wes, we, we both know him. Uh, then Avid had, listener of the show. So avid listener of the listening, show. Shout out, Coach. Shout out to Coach Bacon. Um, did a great job at Spring Valley promoting his players, getting them opportunities Every single year, they would have a whole bunch of signees at all different levels. So you, you tend to think about, oh, well, this coach has put, you know, he put five guys in this Power Five school this year. He, he just did a great job of getting his guys in places where they belonged. And so Hunter w- originally walked on to South Carolina, but that's where he wanted to go. And Coach Bacon really helped facilitate that and make it happen. And, and long snapping is such a unique skill in the world of football and you know, I love the dynamic that he uh, gave, kind of breaking down the mechanics of it and everything. If you can find a good long snapper, that's something that is so valuable and hard to find sometimes. And, you know, like you said, he did come in as a walk-on, but it obviously worked his way into the starting lineup and uh, has been a great addition to, you know, Pete Limbo's special teams in the year since. And taught himself on YouTube. Pretty freaking <laughs> impressive. Yeah, that's crazy. Just goofing off. Um, 
super impressive. I mean, the, the thing that also stands out about Hunter is it's not just the snapping, right? That's an important skill. Make sure it gets there. You don't want people talking about the snapper. And even if it goes off without a hitch the entire season, honestly, nobody's sitting there during the year at the end of the year going, man, just look at that snap. If they don't <laughs> know your name, that's probably yeah. a good thing. Yeah, don't want to know. I mean, hopefully everybody knows Hunter just because he's a good player, great guy. Uh, but you don't, you don't want your you, local kid. You don't want your name called, though. Yeah. Like, no, no broadcaster's going to be like, oh, that's a great snap. You know, even if it's the greatest snap in the history of football, people really aren't going to notice. But what they can notice is your coverage. And he is, I, I'm going to just say this without any evidence. He's got to be one of the best coverage long snappers in the country because you don't typically have a guy that's as good of an athlete as he is, that's as smart and savvy as he is, able to go cover for you like that. And so between him and then you look at Jeter and Kai Kroger, then some of the other guys that they ha- they've had on special teams, but they're, they're just core group of specialists with Hunter Rogers, Kai Kroger, Mitch Jeter. That's quite a battery. That's quite a trio. You remember Ike Crowfoot back in the day? I remember Ike. Number 29. Yeah, throwback. He he was a really good coverage He was. Too. He had the whole punting family. Yes. Like they were like uh, Colquitt's Light or something. Or like like the Colquitt's for Holtz's? punters, but they were snappers, you know? Weren't they Lou Holtz's neighbors or something? I don't remember that. I think one of the brothers played for Auburn. Happens. We're but just coming up with stuff. Nobody can fact check it either say, right now. Georgia had something similar with the Fricks brothers. It was like three Frickses in a row. <laughs> they were all long snappers over the course of like eight to ten years. I don't remember those guys. I don't remember those guys. Nah, they, they must have snapped pretty well. That's exactly. right. There you go. Never heard of them. Yeah, you exactly. had the Crowfoots snapping. Uh, I don't. Uh, Hunter Rogers has an older brother, so he cannot he cannot bring another one to Columbia, unfortunately. Yeah, South Carolina. All right, uh, run into a break here. Before we do, want to let you know that uh, tomorrow the early game going to be broadcasting out at Darlington Raceway uh, for this weekend's Throwback Weekend for the NASCAR uh, Cup Series. I'm also going to be out there from nine to noon as well, and I also have a pair of tickets for Sunday's Goodyear 400 for the NASCAR Cup Series. So as, he hit, as we hit this break, be caller number five right now at 803-404-6100 to win yourself that pair of tickets. Back with more of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs right after this. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Hey guys, it might be time to upgrade that man cave and I've got just the people to do that for you. It is Integrated Media over in Chapin, South Carolina, give them a call, 803-948-8327. If you are scared to hang that new 65-inch TV and want to make sure it's done professionally, or if you need to buy a new 65-inch TV, they can help you out with that as well. Anything audio-visual in your house, in that man cave, our friends at Integrated Media can help you upgrade If you want an external speaker, it's going to be grilling time soon. If you want to be able to listen to some music or listen to the game outside while while you're grilling, they can help you with that too. Again, Integrated Media, they have set up these wonderful cameras right here in our studio that you will soon be able to watch our smiling faces during the show as well. 803-948-8327. Integrated Media for all of your smart home audiovisual needs. Back with more on the other side. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 
and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Thursday morning. You know, uh, this song reminds me, uh, obviously Kendall graduated this past weekend. Uh, this was one of the rejoined songs for one of the shows that I did with her one day. She'd never heard of Werewolves of London. She thought this was All Summer Long by Kid Rock. And she didn't know that he had sampled this opening riff and obviously Sweet Home Alabama to make that song. Well, technically she was right. But technically. This song just tells me again, reminds me again that we need to pick our music for this show. Yeah, how can we do that? Uh, Is it possible? Take that one up with the boss. I don't pick it either. When Chris gets to run the board for a day... Oh yes, we have to do yeah, that. Yeah, you can figure but, that out. Which, by the way, I had Ready. to. I had to spin the wheel of was it uh, misfortune is what we're calling it now. Yes, because um, Colin and I placed a bet on how many successful bunts Kentucky would have over the weekend, and we set the line at four and a half. I took the over. He took the under, and they ended up right at four. So I lost. <laughs> I spun musical instrument. Ooh. So I think I'm gonna have to go out and buy one of those cheap recorders and play like hot cross buns on the air one day. Let me just. Let me just let you in on a secret, Tyler. You don't have to do that because Tyler doesn't, or because Colin doesn't pay off his own bets. So I'm giving you a pass. Okay. If he makes you do that, then he owes me at least two, maybe three free meals from a very high end okay. Columbia establishment after our Braves versus Cubs bets over the oh, years. So I see. Why I don't will, you call him out on that on I here? Will, How about that? I will be sure to bring that up. I would not mind the musical instrument one because I could get by. Like I could play a little guitar or I'll drum on the on the uh what? Nobody said it had to be whatever. good playing the musical instrument. Yeah, that's totally I, I'm not I'm not scared to do that. But you know, some of these other things are bad. The intern yeah. for a day I don't think will be bad depending on who my boss is for the day. Hopefully to you, Tyler. Uh, kind I, individual. I don't know who else it would be. Wes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of already right, the same job, right? Sitting right here, Tyler. <laughs> I want to be Chris's boss for that day, and I'm going to request some new music. I'll pick it out. It'll be good. And take that up with the guy literally 18 floors above us. Okay, I will. I will. Uh, anyway, Chris, you wrote this article for Gamecock Central that came out this morning in regards to Blue Blood Battles, and obviously South Carolina's off to a great start with the 2024 class, but you look at the names that are in the realm of possibly becoming Gamecocks sooner rather than later, and it's some pretty big ones to continue to build on this already impressive class. Yeah, I think it speaks to, when you look around kind of the landscape, how under Shane Beamer, South Carolina has has leveled up the recruiting. And certainly when you look from the first, you know, again, I've said this before, I don't really count the 2021 class as like his first full class. It really wasn't. If you want to count 2022, okay. Uh, he at least had some semblance of a year <laughs> or a full cycle. Not really a full cycle. A full cycle now in recruiting is like three years or four years. And that's one reason actually, guys, why the 2024 class has been so good. Again, those relationships, you have time to build those, to nurture those. But if you go from certainly 21 or even 2022's class to now, each class is kind of built off off the previous one. And we've seen it get better and better, I think, in terms of the quality. Look at some of the things they did in the last cycle. Finish it out with Nick Harbour, a highly sought-after national five-star. That was an attention-getter. 
And then you go to this class, and really the entire class has been an intention getter. This is a, according to the on three team industry recruiting ranking, number six in the country, fourth in the SEC right now. But it's not finished. They didn't, you know, shoot their shot, so to speak, at the beginning, and now you're just kind of picking up scraps the rest of the way. They still have some huge targets on the board for the 24 class. And then you look even at 25, the number one and number three prospects in the country, they happen to be in Savannah and Charlotte, so that helps. South Carolina is firmly in the mix with both of those guys. So I know Chad Simmons from On3 on our network today put out a story on Dylan Stewart, five-star edge from D.C., number one player in the country for the 2024 class, according to the On3 industry ranking. And South Carolina's hosted him more than any other school on his list. And you're battling, the point is, you're battling some big-time programs on guys like Stewart and others. Dylan Stewart right now, he's visited a ton of schools. His official visits right now, Georgia, he's won two straight national titles, National Powerhouse, Ohio State, National Powerhouse, Blue Blood School, national titles on their ledger, and South Carolina. And some other ones like Oregon, maybe another school, We'll get one, but it just kind of speaks. He, he's a really good illustration of how it's gone to the next level, but there's a bunch of other guys in this class, too, that they're battling some blue blood programs on. Well, if you look at the other schools he's considering, Oregon, like you said, Miami, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, Tennessee. I mean, this is like a who's who mm-hmm. list. And, I mean, no shock. He is, according to on three, the number one prospect in the country for the 2024 class. And... You know, there, sometimes there's consensus on that, on who should be the number one prospect. For 2024, it doesn't seem like we've found a consensus yet. But certainly for Charles Power and for own three, he's the number one guy in the land. And for South Carolina, I still feel like they probably feel pretty good about where they are right now. It's never going to be easy when you're battling these schools at this, like these caliber of programs as far as their history and their in a lot of cases their present day as well but you you saw South Carolina follow this exact script with Nicholas Harbor so I I feel like there is kind of a not that they're the same kid by any means he's going to make his own decision but it almost feels to me like there was kind of throughout the Harbor thing it was kind of like all right they're in it but can they finish this off and it went so long, and you even had the, you know, we're talking, what, 12 hours before the decision. <laughs> it seemed like he was about to go to Oregon, and you, you pulled off a last-second come-from-behind win. So there's no guarantees here, but it does show you. I mean, we just saw it happen. It shows you that South Carolina, with this staff, can go out of state and land truly elite prospects doesn't mean they'll get Stewart, but it certainly means they are capable of doing so. And, and you're not going to land someone like Dylan Stewart just uncontested. You, you don't, it is rare you see that anywhere. You don't see a five-star guy who's number one in the country kind of very early on see a school and commit, and then that's just it. Like, you, ju- you just don't see that. If they do make an early commitment, inevitably, some other school, normally a blue blood, it's going to make a run, maybe host him, maybe give him something to think about. With Stewart, and that's why, you know, you go back and you look at 
him naming South Carolina his leader at some points in the process. He hasn't named any public leader as of late. But South Carolina's the public leader. And then all of a sudden, here comes the storm that you knew was brewing. You knew this moment would arrive if you pay attention to recruiting. Yes, Georgia's going to make a push. Yes, Alabama, Ohio State, they're going to make pushes. And so when he takes those visits and there starts to be some buzz about those programs having a shot, or some people even come up with the opinion that that particular other program may lead, say, oh, we lost Dylan Stewart. He's not, he's not coming anymore. There's no shot with him. When in reality, it's just you have to let the process play out. We don't know yet if they're going to get Dylan Stewart. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I would probably rather be South Carolina than just about anybody else on his list because they've had him on campus more than anybody else. They probably have some of the best relationships. They don't have some of the things that, say, Georgia has. Um, namely just the amount of games on, the championships, the trophy national titles the last two years. You you don't have that. And so from that standpoint, you'd rather be, you know, Georgia. But you have a lot of things that he's looking for in your favor if you're South Carolina. But the point is, you know if you're South Carolina staff or a fan paying attention that you're going to have to weather that storm. And, And it's here for Stewart, and they'll have to survive these visits this summer. But they're in a spot, you know, where whether it's him or some others, of his caliber, they're, they're heavily in the mix. Yeah, Dylan's OV to South Carolina set for June 23rd. He says, quote, what I like most about South Carolina is that home feeling. It gives me a good feeling there. I like the energy and the coaches there. South Carolina is a place I like to be. It kind of feels to me a little bit about kind of like what Braden Lee's mom told us about their feelings on South Carolina when it was just, hey, we're, we're just comfortable there. So we'll, we'll see if that holds up. Obviously, there's a lot for all of these schools to sell. But anytime a prospect is talking about the home feeling and the feeling they get at a place and they're comfortable, usually that means you're going to be in the game. On the other side, we will talk a little bit of one of Don Staley's commitments for the 23 class showing out at a showcase over the weekend. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour Stood by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. All across the country, drivers are reaping the rewards of safer driving with the updated Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. It has dynamic new features like interactive maps and driving tips. And the pursuit of your discount is now even easier by just downloading the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. You can earn up to 30% when you get started. Now, you may need some info on that. So in order to do that, you can call or stop by your local State Farm agent's office. Your local State Farm agent here in the Midlands, of course, is our friend Amy Mason Cup. When my family was looking to switch and save on our insurance, we called up Amy's team and she took care of the rest. She's a South Carolina native and a local agent. She and her team can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs, help you save, and she can tell you about the Drive Safe and Save app. Auto insurance, sure, but all sorts of other insurance products. Visit her website, amymasoncup.com. That's A-M-Y-M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com. Let her help your family just like she helped mine. 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia, amymasoncup.com, or give her a call, 803 772 Five 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 four. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talking women's basketball on the other side on one zero seven five. The game. 
Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. You have been selected as the first astronaut to explore the planet. And welcome back in the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Sorry, was pulling down the wrong pod there to make the music go down. <laughs> uh, anyway, a couple more minutes to go here on today's edition. Tyler West and Chris along with you, and I teased it before the break there. Obviously, South Carolina women's basketball team replacing a lot of talent from this year's final four squad, but one name that a lot of people are high on going into the 2023 class is Malaysia Fulwiley, and she was out at the overtime elite women's basketball takeover five-on-five event over the weekend, and from the highlights that I saw, she was showing out pretty well. Yeah, she was impressive. And this is somebody you've heard about, God, for, for years here in the Columbia area at, at Keenan and has just had a tremendous career. She's ranked 13th in the country as far as that class goes on the ESPN Hoops Top 100 for women's basketball. Now, I've seen her as high up there, I think, um, as second or third, according to Chris Wellbaum. And, you know, so it's kind of fluctuated a little bit. But so she has been compared to someone I am very familiar with. And that being Ivory Latta, who, yes, who many people say, myself included, (laughs) that she is the goat of South Carolina girls high school basketball. And so I'm... Chris, I'm like the, you know, the old heads that are huge basketball fans that are like, Michael Jordan is my goat and there's nothing LeBron James or Kobe could ever do to change my mind. Mm -hmm. That is who I am on Ivory Latta. I, I was in the building when she scored 70. I saw quite a bit of her state record career points and season points and state championship high points. So for anybody to ever pass Ivory Latta would be unfathomable to me personally. However, I will say this. If you are being compared to Ivory Latta, if you're in the same sentence as Ivory Latta, you are special. And... I watching the highlights, I I do see why the comparisons are made. Um this overtime elite thing had some other of the top girls in the country. Not only was Full Wiley not only did she belong on the court, but she excelled in this game. So I, I'm excited to see what she's able to do as a true freshman for South Carolina and throughout her career at South Carolina. Yeah, she's really good. And it, it does seem like we have been following her for like five years and she has not played a single second <laughs> for the Gamecock women's basketball team because she got, she got on the radar so early. And there's been several of these, right? And South the state of South Carolina has had a nice run and that's continuing with some talent that Dawn Staley can go and get. You know, Talasia Cooper in the last class was certainly one, and Ashlyn Watkins, and then she's able to go recruit nationally too. So Full Wiley being in the backyard pretty much was certainly um, 
something that Dawn Staley could take advantage of. And she did. And Wes, I think there's been a little bit of a broader point here. There's been a lot of conversation about LSU's rise and how quick and meteoric it's been. I guess we probably should have expected that with Kim Mulkey, her landing in Nisa Morrow over South Carolina. Um, Watch Haley Van Lith on the transfer from the transfer portal, some of the things she's doing in high school. But are we almost, uh, I don't know, are we sleeping on South Carolina even a little bit just because of some of that? I mean, look at Full Wiley. She's coming in as part of an amazing recruiting class, right, that includes Chloe Kitts, who's already on the team. She ended up enrolling early, but she was a five-star. A couple more high four-stars in Tessa Johnson, Sanaya Ja. Look at what they still have on the roster, right? Some players that we haven't even seen as much of, like Ashlyn Watkins, um, that have been more of role players. This team still has a ton of talent. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're sleeping on them. I think there is kind of a Nash. You know, LSU's the the fresh new the thing trendy, right now. Yeah. They're the trendy team to look at. And, I mean, I get it. It's cool. They won the title. They didn't have to go through the Gamecocks to win it. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have beaten South Carolina. Is the thing. But that's, you know what? Iowa beat South that, Carolina fair and square. That's the funny thing about them adding Van Lith recently, and everybody's saying, "Oh, they're bolstering so they can try and beat Caitlin Clark in Iowa once again." It's like maybe they'll face them down the road eventually, but you got to get through South Carolina first. That's what Kim Mulkey's more focused on is trying to beat South Carolina, a team that you weren't <laughs> able to beat this year. Yeah, they they did not. They they won the national title fair and square. Would they have beaten South Carolina to do it? I still maintain absolutely not. But, hey, that's how it plays out. It's just like fair is fair. South Carolina didn't go have to go through UConn for their first title. So, you know, that's the reality of it. But I LSU would not have beaten, in my opinion. So if both teams are playing at their best, South Carolina this past year, a good bit better than LSU. And I got us, I apologize, got us a little bit off the rails of, of focusing in on, on Full Wiley with that performance. I feel like more people should be talking about her. Local product, super talented. And Wes looks like a true like do-it-all guard. Defensively, then you look at what she can do on offense. She's got handles. She can dribble, drive, and finish. She can shoot from outside. What was she, four for eight in the game? Mm-hmm. shooting threes. She had a couple where she should have stepped on the four-point line that they had in that game. She had a couple four-pointers. <laughs> she, uh, just wasn't, she just wasn't on the line quite. But, I mean, she she can shoot. She really looks like she can do pretty much anything. Yeah, she has range. She looks very natural with the basketball, spreads it around. Again, if you're, if you're compared to Ivory Latta, then you're special, in my opinion. And to sort of go ahead and look ahead... Joyce Edwards from Camden, class of 2024, number two prospect in the country for that class, according to ESPN as well. So this state puts out talent. And the Gamecocks really, for the last decade, have not missed on top in-state targets. They won't. I mean, who was the last person they wanted in-state that they missed on? It just has not happened in recent memory. Right. Uh, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. For Wes and Chris, I'm Tyler here on 107.5 The Game.